the Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping a new generation follow Jesus and help others follow him in the everyday places of life. I'm Andrew Stroud, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Abigail Wilson. And Abigail, I'm really excited about our show topic today and what we're going to be discussing. Me too. I'm but, really excited. <laughs> but first things first, uh, we don't have Lakeith with us today. And so we're not going to be able to get an update from him. He is well on his way to his uh, wedding next week, uh, but his his work schedule has been a little off this week, so he's not able to join us. Uh, but uh, just an update on behalf of Keith, <laughs> I think he's doing really well. He and Stephanie um, have a little over a week before their wedding, and so obviously there's a lot that we can be praying for them just in terms of details coming together, but... Um, I think yeah. he's doing well, but how about you? What's what's the latest from your world in Texas? Yeah, well, we are officially into summer here in Texas. Um, it reached over a hundred this weekend. I just want to like put that out there wow. for the world that, that <laughs> happened. And we were actually on a uh, a ministry retreat this weekend. You were talking about your ministry retreat and how it snowed, and at our ministry retreat, it was like 102 and super humid. So I was really, uh, really jealous of your (laughs) camping snow experience. (laughs) But we were um, kind of roughing it. Maybe like glamping is the best way to put it. We were in cabins. Um, There was, you know, toilets and water and such, but there was no hot water. So actually turned out great, you know, that it was 102 because I really enjoyed those cold showers. But yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. You guys might, you guys might have to shift your your dates for your leader retreat to <laughs> yeah. well, a little earlier in the year. Or... Um, that was a fluke. I mean, right now I think the highs are in the eighties again. It was just a really weird kind of right before a okay. storm system came in. I don't know what was going on, but it was it was really crazy. Uh, but yeah, it was insane. <laughs> well, we had such yeah, a good I know time. You, I know you said that it's also a new era. The kids are out of school. Yes, they are. They are they are officially out of school. Ransom is at a STEM camp this week, my oldest. Um, but Tabitha is here, so if um, there are any like you know little little girl voices asking me questions, then <laughs> you guys just get to be a part of that experience with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll make it work. And yeah. uh, I know our our oldest. We've only got two in school right now. We've got a. Um, a junior. He just finished his junior year, so he's he's out of school now. He's on a summer break. Which by the way, folks, I need you to keep praying. He he did not get the job so far I was gonna at Chick-fil-A. So huh. at this point there there are no Chick-fil-A discounts on the horizon, but yeah. okay. but we're gonna keep hoping and praying. I feel like we uh, no, in the harvest community can can pray this into existence. I think we can do this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even if it's not Chick-fil-A, he's definitely uh, finding a job is number one on his on his to-do list for the summer break, which is great. He actually, it's something he's he's interested in wanting and wanting to do. So I'm, oh, cool. I'm confident it will happen. So, um, but he's on summer break and then our seventh grader is finishing up. This is his last week of school. Mm-hmm. So um, he's definitely, he wants to be on break. He's very jealous. Everyone Everyone is out of school except him because he's he's on a different uh, school schedule than the rest of them. But um, on the weather front for us, summer finally found San Diego, which is good news for for me. 
Um, people have this idea of San Diego that it's it's always sunny. And really, 90% of the time it is. But in the months of May and June in particular, it's actually very common for there to be a lot of clouds and cooler temperatures. I don't exactly know why, but this year has probably been... It's been the most so that way since we've lived here over the past seven years. Just uh, a lot of uh, cooler days and uh, and no sunshine. So my wife loves that, and I'm definitely ready for the sun. So these last two days have been nice. I think it's going to hit 80 today, oh, which geez. is pretty. It's <laughs> just pretty warm. <laughs> oh man! Wow. 80 oh, okay. and sunny. Yeah, sounds good. But here's the thing. <laughs> Here's, here is the thing. Here, here's the one thing that you guys, as you're feeling bitterness towards me, you can feel a little bit better about this. So like our house does not have air conditioning. Yeah. So yeah. when it gets to 80 or it will get into the 90s at some point this summer, just know that we're, we're paying. Yeah. We're paying for all the good weather true. that we do have. Yes. Texas, um, we do have air conditioners. So we are all about the central air and heat here. So it is a, a really sweet 72 in my house right now. So I can't complain. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Last time, Abigail, we um, we talked to our listeners about helping us out by subscribing and then going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating, also leaving us a short review. And I know you've got another review for us today. So who who wrote in and gave a review for the show? All right. So this is from Nick. Uh, he wrote this a little while ago, but it is a great review, and I want to give him a shout-out. So it says, The crew at Into the Harvest discuss some great topics and are able to express some amazing biblical truth. I'm excited to hear about what God is doing with these guys, and I'm excited to use the truths these guys express in helping me to stay focused on Christ and stay focused on the mission of making disciples. If you are looking for help in getting closer to Christ, getting serious about your faith, and starting being purposeful about your life— this will help you in those areas. Nick, thank you. That is a very glowing <laughs> review. So awesome. Yeah, we really do appreciate that, Nick. And for those of you who haven't had the chance to go over, this week is a great time to do that. If you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and uh, go to our show, make sure you're subscribed and then take just a minute or two to leave us that rating, the five-star rating and to leave a few sentences about what you appreciate about the show and how you think it can help others. It really does mean a lot to us, and it, it helps us um, be introduced to new listeners. So it's one of the easiest ways that you guys can partner with us. So Yeah, tell us where you are. You guys. Would you guys mind telling us where you are located? Um, I'm just curious. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> leave yeah, that, that as part of really your review. Idea. I would like it. Yeah, and if, if you leave us one this week, we will try to read it in the coming weeks for sure. So, well, today, Abigail, we're going to start a new series, and it's not one that we're going to necessarily do over consecutive weeks, but over the, the summer, we are going to be doing a series about being all in for Jesus, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to be all in for Jesus in your 20s, which is going to be the topic of this particular show. And then later we'll do one on what does it look like to be all in for Jesus in your 30s and in your 40s and your 50s. And I think we're even going to do one. I I don't know. You said 60s or 70s, but maybe we'll just say in your 60s and beyond, something like that. Sure. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited about 
about this series and I'm excited especially about today's show because yeah. I think a lot of our listeners probably are in young adults in their 20s and 30s. And so uh, we're going to start there with what does it look like to be all in for Jesus in your 20s. And for these first few episodes, at least for me, I'll be able to refer back to my my personal experience, you as well. And then as we get into the 50s and beyond, we will have guests who have lived that life of faith who can help us um, project forward and, and find out what is it going to look like for those of us who want to follow Jesus for a lifetime. So really excited. Today, we're going to talk about uh, being all in for Jesus in your 20s. So um, you and I were talking just before we started recording, and there is a book by Robert Clinton called The Making of a Leader. And it presents a few important concepts. And one is that God is committed to shaping us. He's he's active in our lives. So we're not just kind of going through life um, on our own and solely responsible for developing ourselves. Wherever you are today, God has already been shaping you and and he's committed to continuing to do that. And he's he's committed to doing that over time. So that's one of uh, the, the concepts that this book, Making of a Leader, presents. Uh, another one is that he is developing us using everything that goes on in our lives. So it's not just the formal training that you and I experience, um, whether that's discipleship or uh, school, Bible study, but everything that's been happening in our lives to bring us up to this point, God is using that to shape us. So our DNA, even the way we're wired, you know, each of us has a basic disposition. We're introverted or we're extroverted. We've got certain strengths and weaknesses that we're born with. Um, God, th- th- those things are planted by God, but also our upbringing, um, the people that he places in our lives, the experiences that he allows us to go through. God is, he is the master. There's, there's a passage in Jeremiah that describes God as this potter who is shaping a vessel. And um, it's a great picture that God is a craftsman and we're actually um, the thing that God is crafting. He's, he's developing and shaping us and he's using everything that's happening um, to do that. And a third concept that um, I really appreciated from this book by Robert Clinton is that there are patterns, there are phases that we can discern when we study the lives of others who have followed Jesus well in the past. So the idea there is that all of us are on this trajectory. Um, and wherever you are today, as you're listening to this podcast, you can appreciate and you need to appreciate that you're not just at a point in time that God has been at work in your life, shaping you, and he's brought you to where you are today. And that's something that, that we need to understand that that God's nature and intent is to develop us, is it's to shape us. Um, and we need to realize that we're already on this, this trajectory. So we need to try to understand where we are in the present. But we also need to understand that there's a basic pattern of phases that we can be aware of. And then we can figure out how to successfully lean into whatever phase it is that uh, you find yourself in currently. Mm. So um, those phases don't necessarily neatly follow um, decades. So even though we're going to talk about 
being all in for Jesus in your 20s, um, most people in their 20s are in the same phase of development. Um, and then as you move into your 30s and 40s and 50s, many of us, we're going to move into different different phases. So I'll just give you the, the, the five phases that he talks about. He talks about uh, sovereign foundations, and that's that's phase one, that uh, God has already been shaping and working in our lives. And then a, uh, a second phase is inner life growth. A third is ministry maturing. A fourth is life maturing. And then the fifth is convergence. And if we have, if we have developed well in each phase, then as we move into the next phase, we are we are able to live that out and continue to develop the way that uh, the way that we can, or the way that we should, as followers of Jesus. So, Abby, let me just ask you: We didn't talk too much about this before hitting the record button, but how does that uh, strike you? And what's clear, or what might need to be clarified yeah, more? No, I I really appreciate that, and I and I think we should have maybe even said this right off the bat when we were introducing this topic. If you're not in your twenties, like if you're already in your thirties or forties, and you just really wanted to skip this episode, don't because I think it's what you were just talking about um, really speaks to why this is a good episode for really anyone, um, because I think it's helpful for us to see the patterns. Um, see even in our own life what we've already experienced, what we've already learned, and how that can push us forward. So as we talk about the 20s, which like you said, you're kind of being very general there. I mean, you could maybe experience some of these things at different times. Maybe you're just super advanced and you experience them at 16. Or maybe you're a little slower and you're experiencing them at 35. That's okay. Um, I think the point is, is that um, we we need to be aware of these kind of seasons that the Lord is is teaching us. And you said foundations. Is that what they were? Five foundations? Uh, phases. Phases. Okay. Um, but these right. phases as well, um, and even as you were listing them, I was kind of identifying those in my own life, maybe the areas that I feel like we aren't fully finished with or haven't moved into yet. So I think this is all really, really great information for us as believers, as we're looking at our own faith, as we're raising physical children and spiritual children, how we can be helping them. So that's all really good. And we've talked, we talked before about this book before we started recording. Um, Guys, just listen to what Andrew had to say about it, because it's maybe a little difficult to understand. But um (laughs) It's a yeah. it's a rough book. So thank you, Andrew. Thanks it for is. reading it for us so that we don't have to do that. <laughs> it's it's a great it's a great book, but yeah. the writing style is is a little tougher to yeah. digest. So I appreciate that you pushed through it for our sake. Um so yeah. But I, I think as as we launch into today's discussion of being all in for Jesus in your twenties, those are three truths that I want people to have in mind as we as we dive in. First, God's nature and intent is to develop us. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not on our own. It's not just on us to develop ourselves. God is actively involved in our lives and has been, even, even if you didn't realize it before today, you'll begin to go back and take stock and realize that all of these experiences that I had, my, my temperament, my personality, the way I was wired by birth, um, the people that God has allowed to come into my life, 
both good and bad, that, that God is using all of that to shape me for his purposes, both for my life and the purposes that he wants to use me for. So that's that's a truth that we need to understand, which should be very encouraging to us, that th- this life is not haphazard, even though it sometimes feel that w- uh, feels that way. A second truth is that you are on a trajectory. And so one of the things that that you can use is to think of your life as a a timeline and let's say you're in your 20s or maybe you're in your 30s but let's just say you're in your 20s and let's say you're going to live to the age of 80 so there's this there's this timeline of your life and you're at a certain point on that timeline but there's a lot still to come what happens now in the phase that you're currently in is going to greatly influence what what comes down the road and and God has this purpose for your future that he's seeking to shape you for now Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also look back and as you get older I'm in my mid-40s I can look back and I have a much clearer sense of what God has been doing in my life and how he's been shaping me and it actually helps me have a sense for what may be coming we never know but um but we're not just hyperspacing around in life, that God is actually developing our lives for his purposes and he's taking us somewhere. So we're on this trajectory. That's a second truth. And the third truth is that there are basic phases that we can discern. And so one of the things that he does in his book is he studies the lives of of people who have followed Jesus well or followed God well, even from the Old Testament. So the life of Daniel and he actually studies the life of Daniel and he puts it on this grid with these five phases. And you, you can begin to see um, how God was working in Daniel's life to prepare him in, in the early years, to prepare him for the work that he wanted to accomplish through Daniel in his later years. So, so those are three truths and we're gonna try to help people discern those phases so they can figure out where they're at and how to lean into the phase that you're in right now. And I think the value of this is that it gives us perspective, which all of us need because we, we're finite. We have a limited understanding of, of what's going on in the world and what's coming in the future. So thinking this way and understanding this way gives us perspective and we need perspective because it creates both urgency and patience. And, and what I mean by that is, have you ever heard someone talk about why people need to start investing in the stock market in their 20s, Abby, like compound interest? Oh, man, no, um, clearly, <laughs> clearly I didn't <laughs> hear that information. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about it, but I was already into my 30s. <laughs> okay. but, the, the, yeah. but the math, <laughs> the math is, is something along the lines of if, if you begin investing in your 20s and and you only invest in the 10 years between 20 and 30, but you invest in the stock market and then you, you stop, you don't invest anymore, but the money that you invested is in the stock market. Um, that money is still working for you. It's still benefiting you. Whereas someone who maybe like you and I did not invest in their twenties, <laughs> even if you, if they start investing in their thirties, um, they'll have to invest from from the age of 30 to 60 just to catch up so they're going to have to they're going to have to invest for 30 years to make up for the 10 lost years that they that they squandered oh, in their 20s man. and so 
So don't think too much about the financial. It's just an illustration. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I would have been past it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but people share that because what it does is it creates both urgency and yeah. patience. Yeah, that's it gives really perspective. Good. It gives you patience that, hey, you don't have to have it all figured out right now because this is a long life that, that you're looking that you're looking towards. But there is urgency that what you do right now in your 20s matters greatly to your future self. And so I was just reading in 1 Timothy this morning in my my daily quiet time. And chapter 6, Paul talks about um, godliness with contentment. And so he, he basically encourages us to to have the same attitude, but have it towards our devotion to God not so much money, but really trying to make the most of these lives that God has given us. So, so with that, let's let's just launch into uh, what we're going to be talking about uh, today. And so, Abigail, one of our questions that we wanted to to discuss was: if there's one word that you would use to describe the decade of the twenties, what would it be? Yeah, uh, you know, for once, I would like to come up with the questions because I would change that. So what are the three <laughs> words that would describe the decades of the 20s? I'm never able to just make one word. But anyway, <laughs> um, my three words are uh, figuring out purpose, I think is really, to me, what encompasses the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, um, I think, just practicing things and trying things out and being adventurous in ways that other um, periods of our lives are not. And, you know, it's a time when, for the most part, we are considered adults. <laughs> and so we're able to maybe do more than, you know, we could have done earlier in our lives. And I think it's about that. It's about figuring out what the Lord has for us as we move forward. And it may change, and it probably will um, as we move forward in our lives, but those 20s are so key in figuring out who God is and who we are in his kingdom. So I I think that's, those are my three words, figuring out purpose. I like it. Yeah, I think that that is, I think at the very least, we need to get some some basic understanding of of who God is and what his purpose is for the world and also who we are, um, how we're wired, what God has done to bring us to this point, kind of like what we were saying earlier with the, the idea of being on a trajectory. So vision, maybe we could I say, just came up with it. Yeah, vision. there you go. <laughs> I just needed more time external. to process, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're both external processors. So that's actually one of the hardest parts of doing this show I is you guys are really ahead of time. Yeah, you're getting it live, people. <laughs> just know that we may have prepared beforehand, but this is, <laughs> it's happening right now. Uh, well, well, my word was, uh, was foundations. I think your 20s good. are really a foundational decade. And um, I heard once that... Um, actually from 15 to 25, but I think it would apply for 20 to 30. It was described as the critical decade that the decisions that are made for most people between the ages of 15 and 25, and again, I would say even up to the age of 30, there are some major life decisions that are taking place during those years. And they really set the course for the rest of our lives. So things like, um, will you go to college? Will you go to a trade school? What what type of work will you pursue? Um, Who do you end up marrying? Uh, For a lot of people, myself, this was the the decade in which I 
I began to follow Jesus, that I was wrestling with some of the bigger questions of life and meaning and who I was and what I was going to believe. So I think um, the critical decade, I I think of the idea of, of a missile being launched. And in your 20s, that that missile is on the launch pad. And let's just say it's a, it's a launch pad that can turn in 360 degrees. So you could fire this missile anywhere you want to fire it. But what's what's happening, which I think fits with what you were saying with figuring out your purpose, is you're deciding, you know, what are you going to pursue in life and how how aggressively are you going to pursue it? And then at some point, because you can't stop living, you launch. And that missile is off the, the launch pad. And at that point, it becomes much more difficult to change the direction. I don't think impossible, but much more difficult. But there's definitely an opportunity in your 20s to to direct your life if you're thoughtful and purposeful. Um, and the, the, the trouble is that we we often think we have more time than we actually do. And so we'll, we'll get into that uh, later. Um, or we go to the opposite extreme where we think we have to have it all figured out, mm. you know, yeah. between the age of, by the age of 25, we got to have it all figured out. And so there's, there's a middle ground that I think is actually the path of wisdom that, um, that we'll talk about. So yeah, yeah I, I think foundations. For sure. That's good. Well, what happens if we lose or squander our 20s, Abigail? What would you say? Um, you know, it's funny. So I, I, uh, I prepared one thing. So I'll start with that. But then as you were just talking, I thought of something else um, that I hope is encouraging for you if you're past your 20s. But if you are in them or you are heading into them, I think that if you're, they're squandered, then you will sadly be playing catch up in a lot of areas of your life, um, especially just in if you're not following Jesus hard, then you're going to just miss out on the chance to really practice in your giftings when there isn't as much at stake. Uh, as we move forward in life, just we are constantly just kind of gathering up responsibility, I feel like. And the 20s are thankfully kind of with the training wheels on is sort of how I see it. Because if you mess up in your mm. 20s, you still have, you know, hopefully a while to go, as you were saying earlier, Andrew. And so if you mess up in your 20s, it's there's a, a place for you to kind of recover. And so be encouraged in that for sure. Um, but that also means it's a great place to try things and to be, um, you know, maybe – try things that scare you and do things that uh, are easier to do when it's just you or just you and your spouse or, you know, you just have a job that you've only just started a few years prior instead of you've been doing it for 10 years. So there's, I feel like there's less in, that you've already invested in your life, if that makes sense. And so you can, can do things that would might scare you as you move forward. So as somebody who is pretty conservative when it comes to my life choices, I feel like my 20s were really the time when I did do things that were maybe a little bit um, more high stakes. And that was good because now as I've moved past my 20s, I can look back and really benefit from those experiences. Um, I think 
for those that maybe are past your 20s and you're hearing about all these, the things that we're going to be talking about as far as what the 20s can be used for. And maybe your 20s were filled with um, sin and regret and not following Jesus at all. Then just know that Jesus was in that too. And that in the flip reverse way, you have experience that you can really speak to um, in other people's lives. And you can use all the what not to do's in your 20s to really speak into your 30s and 40s and 50s. So um, I I think that it really is a, as you said, the foundation on which we're standing. And if it's a rocky foundation, then uh, that rocky foundation is going to speak into those further years, you know, for the good, uh, for hopefully giving you wisdom and um, caution <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. And if you know you have a solid foundation in your 20s then all the better to move forward and to stand strong on so yeah now you said you had a, something else that crossed your mind did, did you oh, share that as well that's what it was yeah as far as if you squandered yeah. yours and you're now way past them i i just want to encourage you that that is it's not just all for loss you know if you did squander no. all of your 20s and you're listening to this and you are much <clears throat> older than that I do think that it speaks um, in a positive way to your future and to those that you're mentoring or your own children. Uh, we don't have to be, I guess, ashamed of what we didn't or maybe what we did do in our 20s. <laughs> right. And and God is at work wherever you are. But so so whatever your past is, as you're, you're listening to this, you know, God has he's still committed to shaping you and he's got a path for your life. So. That's one reason why we are going to talk about 30s and 40s and 50s. But but this this episode, we do especially want to speak to people in their 20s because they are in that moment. They're in that particular phase of life. And um, we want them to really have a, a sense, a, an understanding of what's at stake and how they can get the most out of this decade. And so so my thought on this question of what happens if you if you lose your 20s um is, is to understand what, what does it really mean to lose in your 20s? And this may, Abby, this, you may have some thoughts on this based on what you were just sharing. But um, when I think of 20s, I, I think the biggest thing that is, is happening for us is that we are being tested by God. And, and so the idea that we need to perform at a certain level in our 20s, I think is, is actually secondary, that the primary thing that God is doing in our lives when we're we're in our 20s is testing us and he's testing our integrity he's testing our obedience and ultimately i i think he's testing our sincerity as his followers so that's actually happening right now if you're in your 20s god is committed to testing you and finding out revealing uh, both to yourself and to him are you a person of integrity do you really believe what you say you believe how much do you believe that? Uh, will you obey if he makes it clear to you the path that he wants you to follow? Will you move forward in obedience or, or will you refrain from acting and making certain choices if he shows you that 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 isn't his purpose or plan? And ultimately, are you sincere in your faith? So there is a, a verse in Proverbs uh, 17 verse 3. Let me uh, look that up real quick. But in Proverbs 17, 3, it says that the refining pot is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. 
And um, I love that, that that's God is in the business of, of testing our hearts. And I think if you lose or squander your 20s, it will be in large part because as those tests come, you don't demonstrate yourself to be sincere or you don't demonstrate integrity. And, and integrity is really what's happening behind the scenes when no one is watching. And so um, I think sometimes in our 20s, we've got all this energy and there can be an enthusiasm. We, we want to make a difference for Jesus. We want to go out and change the world. And what I hope this is, is, is a bit of a pause button for people to say, the main thing that you need to come through your 20s with is your integrity and a sincerity of faith and a willingness to obey. And not just a willingness, but a habit of obeying God as he as he shows you what you want to do. So it's less about what you accomplish in your 20s outside of yourself and more about the kind of person you prove yourself to be as you move into early adulthood and as you move towards your 30s. I really like what you said about sincerity because I think as someone who, uh, you know, was, I was following the Lord, but I was often really frozen up about the idea of making bad choices in my 20s. Like it felt very big. I just literally two seconds ago talked about how there isn't as much at stake in your 20s, but it sure doesn't feel that way when you're in your 20s. So that's oh, yeah. why I told you because you probably needed to hear it if you're in your 20s. Um, and so at the time I was uh, frozen up about a lot of things that felt like if I made the wrong decision, boy, you know, if that was just going to come back to haunt me in a huge way. And so just to be reminded that you know, the Lord is testing us, but it's more about the sincerity of our heart, not about just like the wisdom of our choice is really yeah. a comfort, I think. And it should be for people. So that's really, really good. Well, how about this uh, this next question that we had for the follower of Christ? What are the keys to setting the foundation in your 20s? So what would you say would be some some keys? Yeah, so I, I had three, but two of them are really very similar. Um, the first one was set good habits for yourself in your 20s. And that, you know, we just did a series on um, prayer and getting into the Word. Those are for you if you were in your 20s because what a great time to start those habits uh, because you don't, you know, usually have more than just uh, yourself, um, maybe a spouse, maybe one kid. Uh, but things are probably a little bit less crazy than they will be as you move forward. And by the way, if you think things are really crazy now, haha, just wait. Uh, so <laughs> it is really the time to start those good habits so that as you do move forward in your life, as things do kind of raise in stakes and in just fast-pacedness of life, those have already kind of become really important to you. Um, I was listening to kind of a, a talk. Uh, we actually put it on our podcast last year sometime. So I will put it in the show notes for you guys. But um, hmm. one of the things she was talking about on, in that talk was just that if you are not making that time for your time with the Lord, like, you really never will. You have to start today. So I think my next thing is just to stop making excuses for the love of all. Please just <laughs> make some time because you really have so much time in your 20s. And it really doesn't feel that way. But please believe me that you do. And so um, just prioritize 
and make those good habits so that they they stick and so you'll miss it when it's gone. You'll miss having time in the word, you'll miss time in prayer and so you'll make it happen, you know, in the 30s and beyond. And so I think it's really really important to just start with those foundations and kind of start to figure it out now in your 20s. And it will probably change, but you'll have already sort of set that that area of your life. Mm. And then also go ahead and try to find people ahead of you in life, whether that's in age, probably in age, but definitely just um, further down in experience and ministry and in the relationship with the Lord and stick with them. Um, There's just nothing greater than being able to follow someone that is ahead of you in their walk with the Lord and learn from them and take it all in. A lot of it you may not even understand. You may even be kind of judgy of them and be like, I'm going to do so much better when I get there. That's all fine. (laughs) That's all well and good. But just take it in and try to to get um, as much value out of that experience as possible. Yeah, I like that. It reminds me of the verse in Hebrews 13 where it says, Remember your leaders. Yeah. Those who spoke the word of God to you and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. And this is one of the huge blessings that we have that, that people have when they're younger is to find these, these folks who are ahead of them and actually consider the outcome of their way of life that you can actually see. Hey, if I follow in the footsteps of this person's faith, uh, maybe my life will end up looking like theirs. And so I love that one to uh, to find people ahead of you and stick with them. Uh, I had three three keys as well that uh, I would share with people, and these are these are not exhaustive. Uh, what Abby and I are sharing with you, yeah. if you're in your twenties, but uh, one of those was is to be different. You know, make peace with being different than everyone around you, including fellow believers your age, because the majority is is failing. If if sincerity and integrity and obedience is being tested in your 20s, just understand that most of the world and even most of the people of faith, people who profess faith around you who are your age, are not measuring up. Um, they're, not, they're not sincere in their faith. They're not demonstrating integrity. They're not living in obedience. And so if you have one or two friends that are, then you're, you're a blessed person to have that type of friendship at your age. And so I think um, the first key that I would give people is become comfortable with being different, that you need to set the standard for those around you, that you may be the one sincere person in your group of friends when it comes to faith. And you may be the one person who's choosing to live with integrity, even when no one else is watching. Um, And I think that is a big one. If you're if you're assessing yourself on a scale that's based on the people around you, it's going to be really hard to come through your 20s with a good foundation. You, you have to put your standard in the scriptures and in Jesus. It's another good reason to have these, these good role models who are older than you because they were probably the ones who were different in their 20s. And so if you want to end up where they're at in their 40s and 50s and 60s, then you have to be different now. And um, I think that the difference makers of tomorrow are living in obscurity today. And so if you're in your 20s, mm, it's a time of obscurity for most of, for most of us. And, um, but if you, if you live with sincerity and integrity now, 
I, I do believe that you'll be one of the difference makers for tomorrow, but you have to be willing to be different. A second thing, and Abby, you touched on this, is it's to be active and just to understand that your 20s are all about being in learning mode. And so you really can't fail because it's like the story about Edison creating the light bulb. I don't even know if this is true, but it's a good story that, um, you know, he, <laughs> he he's trying to invent the light bulb and he failed a thousand times before finding the 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 version that worked and people asked him about failing so many times before. And he said, you know, that he hadn't failed a thousand times that he had just found a a thousand ways that didn't work. Um, And I think in the same way, if you can be active in, in your faith and in learning about who you are, learning the scriptures, learning how to live it out, learning how to share it. And you're going to fail so many times as you do that. But really the only way to fail is, is to not be active, is to not be trying so that's a, a second um, key that I would give people. And the, the third is that go overboard. And this is this is maybe similar to the first one. Uh, but I would say go overboard in learning and living and sharing the word of God. So get comfortable setting challenges for yourself. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in the future. But uh, two of the heroes of my faith um, were Jim Downing and Walt Hendrickson, both of whom um, passed away in the past few years. But uh, one of the questions I would often ask uh, older believers in their faith is, if they could go back in their 20s, what would they do differently? Or what did they do in their 20s that uh, that they think really helped them as they moved on in life? And I was in my 20s when I asked that question to both of these men. I asked it at different times, and their answer was the same, which really stood out to me. And that was, they would have put more effort into memorizing scripture, which is kind of amazing because I'm guessing that both of them put more effort into memorizing scripture than 99% (laughs) of the people in the world. But, um, but that was their answer that, that they had put God's word in their heart and that it stuck with them for a lifetime that it carried them in the coming decades and that if they could go back, they just would have done it more. So, um, I would say go overboard in learning, living and sharing the word of God set, set for yourself challenges. One of the challenges that, that Dawson Trotman, the the man who started the navigators set for himself was to share the gospel with at least one person every day. Well, that was just a self-imposed challenge that he gave himself so that he could get better at sharing the word of God. And so once you um, once you realize that you're in a learning mode and that you control your pace of learning, you can start really setting challenges for yourself in the 20. And I would say, you know, be extreme. Go overboard in, in trying to do that as, as much as possible. So, Abby, let's, uh, let's maybe shift into our own lives. Um, <laughs> and we may have to pick up the pace here. <laughs> yeah. Picking up the time. <laughs> But, but how did it look for you in your 20s? What were some things that helped you? Yeah, so I divided this up in the good and the bad. <laughs> so um, the things that I'm really glad I did in my 20s is I really did have amazing mentors in my 20s, just um, men and women who I'm still to this day really um, just inspired by and encouraged by their faith. I learned so much from them 
And that really started in my 20s. And I think uh, seeing that I was practicing in the areas of my giftings and my passions, and even though I kind of cringe when I look back and I think about some of the things I did and said in my 20s, I'm really glad that I was at least trying because like I said before, you know, the stakes were not as high and honestly no one remembers what I said so it's okay um but I I think practicing the things that I was passionate about um teaching and writing and spending lots of time in prayer I'm really grateful for all the practice that I got in that period of my life when um I didn't have children or you know I was just newly married and um I just had a seriously more time on my hands and so I'm I'm thankful for especially just the relationships that that Brett and I really pursued in those years and we really changed the trajectory of our lives and I've talked about that on our podcast in the past of just decisions that we made that we literally changed and had careers and places that we lived based off of where the people that we wanted to be around were and what we could do to be around them. So I, I'm really, I am grateful for that. I can't even imagine what our lives would be like if we hadn't done that. Um, I think as far as the bad, I really do wish that I kept my mouth shut more. Um, that's really just a personality <laughs> type thing, but I wish I just kept my mouth shut and listened more. Um, so as much as I am grateful that I did try different things, um, I do wish that I kept my mouth shut as far as my opinions went. I definitely thought I knew a lot hmm. more than I really did hmm. in my 20s. And so I wish I just kept my opinions to myself, I think, and not <laughs> been as opinionated in the negative um, and just been way more of an encourager. If I could go back, mm. I would have been definitely more of an encourager than a, um, a Debbie Downer. And also, you know, I just wish that I had known at the time just how much free time I had because I think even then I thought I was really busy. Um, I thought I just had all these responsibilities and stuff. And I, I really, um, I wish that I hadn't understood it at the time. I don't know if you even can, but um, I definitely hmm. wasted a lot of time, uh, I don't know, watching TV or something. I don't know. But um, I could definitely have used a lot of my free time for, for uh, some cool ministry stuff that I didn't. So, yeah. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, I think um, we're going to, the next thing we share are going to be some of the forces that work against people in their 20s. Yeah. And I think you touched on a few of them there. And uh, that's definitely one of them is just distraction. And it's true for everyone, but I do think that in your 20s, there can be a feeling that, that you have time. Like, oh, well, I've been so busy. I just graduated from school. So this is a time to maybe you know throttle back and, and enjoy myself and I'll get serious or I'll I'll start pushing more time towards my faith um, in a few months or in a few years. So I think that's uh, that's one of the factors that <laughs> all of us fight against. It's another good reason to have generational ministry where there are people older than you. And maybe even this podcast can be a voice into the lives of, of people in their 20s to say, you really do have more time than you realize. And you have more time right now than you ever will in the future. And so... Are you making good use of that? But I'd say similar to you, I had some great mentors in my 20s who who could really challenge me, but also um, 
gave us a lot of freedom to stretch our wings and to learn, to, to be very active in our faith, to share, to lead um, at, at maybe some beginning levels when it came to leading Bible studies or or uh, teaching us how to share our faith and how to spend time with young younger believers sharing our faith. And I think that that was something that, um, that I really appreciate looking back in my, in my twenties is actually the things I shared before about, you know, be different, be active and go overboard. I, I think those are three things that, that I tried to do in my twenties. Mm. And, um, I'm, I know I could have done them more or better, but I do think that those were three things that characterized, uh, my twenties. And I'm looking back now, I'm very glad that I was able to do that, that that was a decade that I had when, um, when I could really learn, like you said, and, and make mistakes without it being, um, quite as impactful as it would be today. If I made some of those same mistakes, just because the scope of my influences much greater now in my mid forties, um, that it'd be the, the ramifications for making the same mistakes now as mm. I was making in my twenties would, would be greater and it would affect more people negatively. Yeah, so, absolutely. so yeah, I think, um, I think those are some things that, that I was able to do. I did memorize a lot of scripture in my twenties. <laughs> I've, I've slowed down, um, but I'm glad that I did that. And even books of the Bible, memorizing books of the Bible was something that uh, I did in my 20s that I think really helped me get a stronger understanding of, of God and his purposes. So, yeah. Um, well, what about forces that work against people in their 20s, Abigail? What do yeah, you see? Yeah, I, um, I think we have, I have kind of touched on this a little bit, but I just think... Um, Probably the biggest thing is just the cares of the world um, are probably the biggest thing working against you in your 20s. Um, and I, I'll just go from the female perspective because that's what I've got and say that probably <laughs> the biggest one for women in their 20s is they want to get married and they just are obsessed with it. It is the most important thing to them. You know, okay, guys in their 20s are very similar. I shouldn't just throw the ladies under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes. I, I think that it was it was definitely the thing that I saw my friends and myself really having to come up against and maybe, like you said, try to be different. Um, I think that was one of the things I tried the hardest to do was to not be just totally obsessed and completely just um, consumed with the desire to be married and to find my mate or um and instead to really focus on the kingdom of god and just know that that was something that he would bring my way probably when i wasn't looking um and that was definitely the case but i i also really saw a lot of really awesome people getting just tripped up and off track because mm -hmm. they were so so consumed with finding that that person so i think that's one of the biggest ones um that happens in our 20s and as long as that is not fulfilled probably until it is uh, so it is just i know that i understand the struggle there it is a struggle but it's mm. definitely one worth fighting and trying to stay focused on what we can choose in this moment of, of following jesus and his his plans and his purposes and what he has for us in that that time and let him take care of that aspect of our lives 
I think also career starts to really play a big important role in our 20s and and so success can really start to distract us in our 20s because we're like, okay, this is the beginning. I'm going to set that stage and foundation and um, really just work uh, extra hard and extra long. And that can also really distract us and keep us away from just the good stuff that can happen in those years. Us. And that also carries on into our 30s and 40s. But the, they kind of start in our 20s. This is when those issues start to arise for the first time. And we really have right. those choices to make of whether we're going to let it um, be the the weeds and the cares of this world that, that keep us from being fruitful. Or, you know, or is it going to choke us out? So, yeah, I think those are probably some of the biggest things. And then just selfishness that has probably taken root in our teens because that's when we're probably our most selfish. And it's a hard habit to break. And it really can carry into the 20s in a big way. So really just seeking um, to be selfless in how we treat others, how we serve others, and how we see the kingdom of God um, is just really important. Yeah, I, I really, I really like that. I think we're we're really determining in our twenties what what is the what what are our lives going to be built around? Are we going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, or like you said, are we going to get caught up in other things? And whatever those things are, whether it's career or finding love, finding finding a spouse, we can really. It's it's kind of what we were talking about earlier that God is testing our sincerity. You know, is mm-hmm. is our devotion to Him the number one thing? Not not do we say it is. Do we see Jesus as someone who's along for the ride as we go about pursuing our lives and we're hoping that He'll help us find happiness and fulfillment, or are we really learning how to follow Him and and build our lives around who He is and what He's interested in doing in the world? Uh, for me, forces working against people in their 20s, I think the illusion of feeling like you have time and and feeling like you're young, you, you'll have time to figure things out, you'll have time to get serious. Um, and that's really an illusion because every day you're making choices that are shaping who you are and who you are becoming. And so if you're choosing not to be serious or sincere today, the odds that you're going to to operate differently two, three years from now or two, three months from now are actually going down because you're you're making choices that are shaping your values and um, and what you're committed to. And so it works in reverse too. If you if you make good choices in the present, those also begin to shape who you are and they begin to transform your desires so that they're more in line with, with God. And so that's, that's one that I think is definitely unique and it, it does shift. Like I'm, I'm in my mid forties now and I do not feel like I have a lot of time. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) um, and I might be a little bit morbid about this, but you know, my grandfather, I'm a year older than my grandfather was when he passed away. Um, my dad passed away when he was 60. Yeah. So I, I really think about what if I have 14 years left, you know, what if I pass at the same age that my dad did? How do 14 years, Abby, that's, that is not a long time. Like eat eat your greens. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Cindy's taking care of me. Yeah, so she my, is. My, She's doing a great job. My goal is to go beyond <laughs> that. But I think it's, in a, in a sense, I think it's a gift that I want my life to count. Yeah, I don't no, want totally. to put off till tomorrow something that I can that I can do today that I think is the most meaningful thing. So, so I think the illusion of feeling like you have time and therefore not being as serious, not being as sincere is a major force that works against us in our twenties. So what can people do today? What can folks who are in their twenties, what's one or two things that you think they could start doing today to lean into this phase that the Lord has them in? Uh, I think that they should try to find a community of believers where they can find mentors, where they can find battle buddies. Um, you know, you talked about how, you know, it was, they were probably going to have to look different from their peers, but there are places where you can be around people that do look similar to you or even look <laughs> better than you and go and try to find those um, people. Hmm. And whether that's, Hopefully that's in person, but at least find them online, find them somewhere where you can have accountability and have that sort of cheer team that supports you and is is pushing you forward and giving you vision. I think just over and over again, we've kind of skirted around that idea of vision throughout this, of just get that vision of what you want your life to be about, and then this is the time to get started in it. So what better place to find vision is by seeing others doing similar things in a community. So find it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I've, I've heard that you are the composite of the five people that you are most close to. So, oh, good um, one. Yeah, if you, if you have goals for being a person of faith, being faithful and as a disciple of Jesus, and becoming a disciple maker, then find those people that share those same goals or are already successfully living that kind of life. And if you stick close to them, it, it's going to help you be that same type of person. Um, I would say that folks can create daily goals. This is, for me, this was one of the funnest things to do in my 20s, and it's it's carried with me <laughs> Dude, in my 30s so and 40s. it's like embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. But but I do think that even if you're not type A, it's true, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the sense of, of uh, accomplishment and the encouragement of learning something new or setting your task to a goal and then um, accomplishing it. We do this all the time in other areas of life. And for some reason, we don't carry it into our spiritual lives. And so I would say, um, figure out the three core discipleship commitments. And we'll have to talk about these later. But the, the three core discipleship commitments are to learn the teachings of Jesus, to live the teachings of Jesus, and to share the teachings of Jesus. Those are those are the three basic commitments of a disciple. Learn Jesus' teachings, live out your life by Jesus' teachings, and then share them with others. So those are your three big core commitments. And then f- start creating some daily goals around those three commitments. So what can you do today to learn the teachings of Jesus? And make it as, as practical as you can and then set out to accomplish it. And I can remember I had been memorizing scripture for a few years and I had gone through different memory packs. And so there's cards that you can learn. And I decided I wanted to learn a passage of scripture. And then I thought, well, what if I could memorize a book of the Bible? And so I picked the book of Jude because it was only 25 verses. 
<laughs> and I had already memorized 25 verses, like random verses in different parts of the scripture. So I knew that I could do it. I knew that I could memorize 20, uh, 25 verses if I was just patient and, and consistent. And so I did it and I, I memorized my first book of the Bible, which was the book of Jude. And uh, I thought, well, this really worked. It just mattered. It, it was just a matter of me memorizing a verse a day for a consistent number of days. And at, at that point, you've got it. 25 days, you can memorize the book of Jude. And so I thought, well, I'm going to memorize the Gospel of John. Now, the Gospel of John is much bigger than the book of Jude. It's, it's 21 chapters. It's 872 verses. But that's what I did. I actually figured out, Abigail, how many verses are in the book of John. Yeah. 872. How long and did I that thought, take? Could I <laughs> well, I, I thought, could I memorize this in a year? Oh. And if you divide 872 by 365, it's a little over three verses a day. Cool. And so I did that. I memorized the Gospel of John. But really all I did was I memorized about three verses a day. But I did that every day. And so if, if you can create these daily goals around these three core discipleship commitments, you know, I already shared about Dawson Trotman sharing the gospel with one person every day. So some of the things I did in my 20s were 30 days of evangelism, where I tried to follow that same pattern. Could I, could I share my testimony with one person, mm. at least one person every day, just for this month? Um, and you can do that. There's, there's a, not, a never-ending number of ways that you can set those daily goals and and yeah. just see how how extreme can you be yeah well um we probably ought to wrap this up we're right yeah. at an hour but uh one thing i was curious about is if folks would be interested in us creating a facebook group we already have our into the harvest facebook page but for those of you who are listening would it be helpful for you if we created a facebook group where people who are like-minded, who are really trying to lean into growing as disciples of Jesus could be part of that group and we could share different tips and success stories, ask questions. Let us know if that's something you would be interested in. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, like I said, being in community is really important and we would love to have a little online community with you. So uh, definitely let us know if that's something that you would be into. Um, I just want to end this by just saying that we absolutely love 20-somethings. Uh, just know that the body of Christ really needs you. We need your enthusiasm yes. and how much energy you have. You have no idea how much energy you have. And <laughs> we need your hands in the harvest and in the body of Christ. We need you to serve the body. You know, you can be babysitters. You can ask us questions about marriage. You can keep us accountable in our quiet times and our prayer mm -hmm. lives as you ask questions mm -hmm. and as you try to, you know, start setting those good habits. It's good for the rest of us, um, old and young, to see that in the 20-somethings. So it is really important that you just know that you are an important, valid part of the body of Christ. So come and find us in our real lives and just be a part of the body wherever you are in the community of of christ and out in the harvest places uh it's a cool time to be alive in your 20s so uh we can't wait to hear from you and uh this has been a really fun conversation andrew we apparently had a lot to say <laughs> <laughs>
We did. And I agree with you, Abby. We do appreciate people in their 20s. You guys are the future of the church. Yeah. And you have, uh, you're, you're going to take the church where it needs to go. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts about going all in for Jesus in your 20s? And if there are ideas that you have of how we can help you do that, then visit our Facebook page and there'll be a post for this week's episode of the podcast. Would love to hear from you in the comments section of that post. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for this conversation and just getting into this idea of going all in for Jesus in our 20s. And guys, we will be back next week. We can't wait to see you. And until then, leave us a comment. Give us some five stars. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the best ways you can partner with us to grow our community is to share this podcast with your friends. Whether it's word of mouth or sharing our content on social media, we need your help to spread the message. Thanks for being part of our family. Together, we're bringing discipleship into the digital age.